0: Kathy Garrett from the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. I have here with me tonight, uh, Miss Kara Strange from Postpart of Me. Kara, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi. Yes, I'd love to. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really, really excited. Um, Yeah, my name is Kara, and I started the Postpart of Me Instagram page after I have uh, I gave birth to my son, Emerson, he's now almost two, which is so crazy, <laughs> it goes so fast, um, but he's, you know, just the light of my life, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a rough go at it, but um, we're okay now, so that's all that matters, I guess, but yeah, I am a director for a quality improvement organization, and a professor at a local college, um, I volunteer with Perinatal Support Washington here in Washington State and host a mom's group at a lactation clinic. So, busy, busy, but I love it all.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I don't think that I knew that you worked um, prior to reading your email at the Nonprofit Quality Improvement Organization. Yes, So. Yeah. I think that's really interesting that you do that, and and you're the mental health clinician, and you run the Instagram post, or excuse me, page, yeah, and your mom, I know, and you run a mom's group. Like, how do you do all the things? Oh, I I missed adjunct professor as well.
1: Uh, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. It's a good question. I teach online, so that helps. Um, I work from home remotely for the quality improvement organization. Um, I carve time out of my day to do the mom's group uh, because I love it. And yeah, I don't, what else, what did I miss? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't get much sleep and I drink a lot of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go.
0: Said moms everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Except for me. I actually don't like coffee.
1: Oh my gosh. Do you like tea?
0: I do, so I'll drink a black tea or green tea, so I do get my caffeine. But yeah, I don't like coffee. Oh, Um, yeah. Um, So, tell me, can you share a little bit about um, your birth story with Emerson? You said he's almost two. When when is his birthday? His birthday is April third. Oh yeah, so Um, coming up.
1: Yeah coming right up. We have to have a Mickey birthday party this year. Um, I got one year of doing my own theme that I got to choose. And now I have a very opinionated toddler. So that ship has sailed. So yes. um, Let's see. Emerson was born. He was born um, OP. So he was face up, sunny side up um and actually it was like pretty anticlimactic leading up to all this you know like my water didn't break I didn't have like any like scrambling to grab my hospital bags you know it was pretty standard um first time mom so of course I thought I was in labor I went to the hospital had walked in by myself you know was talking to the nurses when I got there and they were like yeah you're not in labor (laughs) you'll know when you're in labor so I went home I labored all night um it did get a little bit more intense at that point. So in the morning I went in, um, it was a little different. I did not walk in by myself. I was not talking nicely to the nurses. I knew I was in labor. Um, and yeah, they hooked me up and I, I got to rest during the day, which was great. And, um, I started pushing at about 7 PM. He was face up, like I said, so, uh, they knew I was going to tear, but, um, I don't think they knew the extent of it. I, um, started losing a lot of blood. Um, really that's like all I remember and was in and out of consciousness for most of that time. So I actually don't remember a lot of the delivery. Um, I was in and out. I lost my vision. It was very scary. I kept saying, I can't see, I can't see. That was like really all I remember. Um, a lot of blood in and out of consciousness. I remember like at one point coming to, and my OB kind of like grabbed me and she was like, okay, you need to either push or I have to grab the four cents. And I was like, <gasps> okay. So I gave it like one last push and he came out and he was very healthy. Everything was great with him. Um, I suffered a third degree, it's pretty severe third degree external tear um, tore open my anus and then two lateral internal tears. Uh, it took her mm-hmm. a long while to stitch me up and, get me uh, to stop bleeding, but that did eventually happen. I got wheeled to recovery um, after I had to have a catheter, which was uh, traumatic in its own right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then everything kind of was kind of normal after that. Um, I went home and, you know, I had, I had heard about the postpartum poop, but I wasn't like, you know, like your first mom, first time mom, like you're like, it's going to be hard, but like, they give you like two little stool softeners, you know? So I was like, okay, you know, didn't think much about it. Um, it was horrible. I, I ended up blowing the stitches that had, uh, some of my internal stitches when I went to the bathroom, it was horrific. Um, I went in the next day, there wasn't a lot of like communication with my OB and the nurse. And so she checked all my external tearing and was like, everything looks great. Like, go ahead and go home, just rest. It ended up healing up wrong and I had pretty extensive pain uh, for months. Wow. Finally, like couldn't sit, um, basically was laying flat for about two months. Um, I finally went back in because I was like, something isn't right. Like this isn't feeling right. And they noticed I had like a buttonhole, like the this incision had, it, had um, healed up wrong. So I had to have my first vaginal surgery then to correct that. It did correct. It felt great. Um, after that, uh, months had gone by, and I was exclusively pumping. At this point, had about six bouts of mastitis. <laughs> ah, just I just couldn't catch a break. I had I feel like I was pumping so much that I had this like crazy oversupply, which was wonderful, but it created a lot of issues. I had a lot of um, clogged ducts and mastitis and abscesses on my nipples, which created a lot of um, you know just. Mental health stuff. Like I just I I never felt healthy. And so it it was really, really hard on my mental health. I um then my perineum started tearing open slowly from the third degree incision repair. Um so for about two months it was just slowly tearing open, creating an H shape between like my vaginal opening and my perineum opening. So there was like a, a piece of skin that was still attached that was pulling. It was incredibly Incredibly painful. It was an excruciating chronic pain. Um, I had to have my second vaginal surgery then, and eventually we'll need a full vaginal reconstructive surgery um, because now my perineum is completely open. So can't wear tampons anymore. Um, It's impacted a lot of like intimacy, um, just a pretty, pretty traumatic birth injury, I would say. Um, Yeah, so that was kind of like the birth. Heart, (laughs) the physical stuff, there was a lot that happened mentally along with that. I'm sure you can
0: can imagine. Yeah, (laughs) that's (laughs) for sure. I can only imagine. And um, (laughs) I'm a little taken, I'll be honest, I'm a little taken aback. Even I read your email, but even like hearing you say it firsthand, um, yeah, my heart truly goes out to you.
1: Yeah mentally, it was just like a whole other thing, you know, like I come from this mental health background and I just like never, ever, ever thought I would have like any sort of postpartum mental health disorder. Like I just, I went into childbirth thinking it was going to be like the movies, (laughs) you know, buddy, you know, you just don't know. And, and I left thinking it was like this great thing. And I have this like baby now, and it was just everything, but the picture perfect movie that you see, you know, which I'm sure you can totally relate to, you know, it just, it rocked my world. Um, You know, mentally I was so, I had such bad postpartum anxiety, which I've learned now was actually not anxiety at all. I was misdiagnosed and I actually had postpartum OCD, which is very interesting because not a lot of people talk about postpartum OCD. And I think it's because it gets misdiagnosed so often, but I was having like these really horrific intrusive thoughts about, harming my partner, harming the baby. But what was interesting about it is like, I knew it was irrational and I knew I would never, ever do anything to hurt anybody. But the thoughts were so real. It was like watching a movie. It was like watching myself in a movie from above my head. Like I would literally be like, Kara, you're acting crazy. You have to stop, like quit behaving like this. But I could not physically stop. And, you know, the... I felt emotions so intensely at that time. And I was so, everything felt so out of control in my life. My body felt out of control. Mm -hmm. I was in so much chronic pain. Um, You know, I had this new like little infant that was like foreign to me. I had never really, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, you know. Um, My relationship dynamic had changed. Um, It was the height of the pandemic. I couldn't have help in the house. Like, you know, my parents could come over, but that was it. Like I had no friend support um, you know, I couldn't go to like a lactation appointment. Like there was just so much that was out of control that everything was just so intense for me. And it really, you know, it peaked at a point where I was having a lot of like postpartum rage. I was like picking fights with my partner and like, we just, you know, we don't really fight. We're both pretty laid back. And, you know, it was just, it was like a big spiral. Everything was pretty out of control. My postpartum mental health was definitely, a huge, huge, huge factor. And like what made me want to like start an Instagram page and connect with people who've also been in a similar experience because you feel so alone. Like you just, Mm -hmm. it's so wild in that experience because no one really talks about it. And you're like so ashamed of having these thoughts and these emotions and it's very isolating.
0: Yeah. And I too have struggled with intrusive thoughts with both of my or during both of my postpartum periods and I was mm-hmm. seeing a therapist at one point and she said, you are not your intrusive thoughts. Yeah. And that was like a whole new world to me. And yes. even, you know, cause when that would happen, I would just literally say out loud, like, Kathy, that's not who you are. You're a good person. You're a good, you know, whatever I needed to yeah. say to kind of get out of that rumination. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, It's really tragic that too many moms suffer in silence.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that has been our heart, mine and my sister's heart for um, starting our podcast. You know, we want people to be able to talk about the nitty gritty of um, the childbearing years, whatever that looks like for you, whether that's surrogacy or infertility or birth trauma or. Um, an amazing birth. Like we want to celebrate that too. We want to celebrate all the things, whatever, and come alongside you wherever you are in that journey. Yeah, Because there's truly been only until I found more people on Instagram, there was really only one person who I felt like I could say anything to them and they would never judge me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I love everything you're saying and I agree with it all you know I just there's too much shame around parenting and around being you know this perfect mom and perfect dad and not having you know some of the feelings and thoughts that a lot of us experience and have and you know it's just it creates such a big stigma and so much shame and it's not good
0: I agree I think mental health in and of itself mm-hmm. take away the peace of parenthood um, yeah it our society needs to get with the times.
1: Yeah. I'm, hey, I'm with you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, you. um, what do you love most about yourself push children? Oh my gosh. Well,
1: I mean, I just feel like, I mean, excuse my language. I just feel like a badass, you know, like <laughs> I just feel like so strong and like so resilient and Yeah. Like this new Kara, who's a mom, I'm like, literally like, I'll be at a workout class and be like, you had a baby, like you can do this, you know? And, um, it's just like completely reframed my thought process of like, you know, women are absolutely incredible and moms, especially like, I just, the fact that women have these babies go back to work, raise these kids, like do all the things. It just blows my mind. And I'm, I'm like proud to be one of them. So Aww. I just think, yes, I just think like, I love the new version of myself. Like I feel strong. I feel resilient. I feel like I have a completely different view on life and appreciation for life. Um, I like want to be healthy and strong for my baby. And I just love like the connections with other moms that I've made. Um, There's just like, it's funny too. Cause like, you know, you go out to a restaurant and you see a mom with a baby and you're like, oh, how old's your little one, right? Like you, you like strike up conversations. Like it's like this unspoken mom code. Like you just, I don't know. It's a really neat connection and community. And I just love being a part of it.
0: I agree. And you are strong (laughs) and you are resilient. And the way (laughs) that our bodies are able to carry these little people and create them is just, it boggles my mind all the time. It's wild. It truly is. It truly yes. is. <laughs> so why do you think that there's a big stigma around moms asking for help postpartum? I know you shared that Emerson was born in the height of the pandemic. So that has its own, yeah. in my opinion, trauma and hardships correlated with it. But outside mm-hmm. of that, have you had any sort of experience as things? How is it in Washington? Are things starting to open up more? You know, yes and no, you know, mm.
1: like, um, I would say like, for the most part, things are open. There's just like a different new normal, right? Like, yeah. you know, appointments have changed, you know, a lot of telehealth, which is different, right? Like when you're in that, you know, like, I, I like always use lactation as an example, because that is such a struggle for so many women. And mm-hmm. it's so personal, and it's so vulnerable, right? And, there's so much shame attached to the whole lactation, everything. Um, you know, and then like having a virtual lactation appointment, like that's like nearly impossible. Right. It just makes it it just feels so much more frustrating and you're not able to like really see the latch, you know, or, you know, whatever the magic they're working in those appointments. But, um, yeah, I think Washington is, you know, we're a very liberal state. So it's lots of mask mandates, lots of um, vaccine mandates, which in my opinion is great. Um, and so, but things are slowly opening up. Yes, not to where I'd like them to be.
0: <laughs> I'm still
1: wearing the <than> mask.
0: <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, why do you think that there's that big stigma around moms asking for help postpartum?
1: Yeah. I think, well, I have two thoughts on this. One, I think social media is our best friend and our worst enemy when it comes to parenting. I think you can find so much good information on there and like so many cute outfits and all all the fun things about parenting on Instagram. But there's also this harsh, unrealistic, fake reality that has been created where I think it makes moms feel so shameful that their house isn't clean and that they're... Babies don't look perfect, and that they're not feeling happy, and they're not loving every moment of motherhood, and uh, that their baby's not sleeping through the night because they can't afford to buy the snoo, and you know different things that have created just this false narrative of perfectionism and motherhood. And I think that plays a huge piece into people not wanting to ask for help because it makes them feel less than. Um, I suffered in silence for so long because honestly, I think I just thought things were going to get better. I I just kept thinking like, you know, I would have like a couple good days here and there and like not feel anxious or not have like compulsions or um, need to engage in like real ritualistic behavior with, you know, childcare stuff that I would think like, okay, like, you know, it's been five months, it's been six months, like things are getting better. And um, that wasn't the reality. You know, I think that's, that's the one thing that happens in mental health a lot is symptoms ebb and flow. And so I think people think, and they get in their own head, like, oh, you know, it's going away, or I'm doing this and it's feeling better. You know, I was seeing a therapist at that time, and she was great, but it wasn't the the right regimen of treatment that I needed to be really feeling better. I needed medication, and um, I was scared to take medication because I was breast, you know, breastfeeding, and there was just a lot of factors. I think I think there's just a stigma that's been created around mental health, which hinders people in getting the information to make good educated choices. Had I had the right inv- information at my fingertips, um maybe I would have asked for help sooner. But everything I was seeing was not what I was experiencing. I was seeing happy moms and clean houses <laughs> and couples not fighting and things that were just not my reality.
0: yeah, I agree. After my first, like I said, I had pretty bad um, postpartum anxiety. It could have been OCD too, because of the intrusive thoughts. I'm not sure, but yeah, I was seeing a therapist at the time and, um, I probably a bit of self pride, like overly prideful. Um, I didn't want to admit I needed medication. And then after my second, it took a while for me to finally get on medications and now, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm perfect, but yeah. It's definitely better than what it was. Yeah, and I think also when you have birth trauma, especially with your first, I had obviously not to the extent of the AFE, but I did have some birth trauma with my first. Mm-hmm. And so that brought its own set of challenges. And I think when I was in it, I thought this was normal.
1: Oh, yeah. Being a
0: first time mom, I didn't realize that, you know, uh checking my baby every 10 minutes through the night, making sure she was sleeping was not normal. Or, right. you know, um, arguing with my bro- uh, my husband, you know, whatever. Like you said, picking fights. And I think looking back, I didn't realize that I did need help and yeah. I should have been more open to help and hearing mm-hmm. what my therapist had to say. Um, and I'm hoping... That at least for our children's generation, the tide will change. So yeah. mental health becomes more in the foreground. And actually one of my friends um, on Instagram posted like a picture of her postpartum belly with her medication bottles and talking, mm, about mental, that. talking about mental health. And I was like, first off, you are so incredibly brave. Good for you. Yeah. And second, we need to be having this conversation about it's okay if you have to take medication. There should be yeah. no shame in that.
1: No. I call it sexy Lexi, my Lexapro, save my life. (laughs) (laughs) Sexy Lexi. I love that. Save my life, save my marriage. You know, it just, yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing I think about it for me is I still feel like me, you know, like I still have some anxious thoughts sometimes. I'm still a little tightly wound, but like, it's not this spiraling, you know, like you were saying, like that rumination, just kind of this like out of control feeling um, it's just like a lot more contained and I'm just like a happier mom, you know, which in turn is so great for my little one. Like I, you know, I just want to be the health, healthiest and happiest for him. And I think that's just what I needed. And that's okay.
0: That's totally I okay. love that so much. <laughs> I tell my therapist that all the time that, you know, I want to be the happy and healthiest I can be for my children and my husband. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love that because I think, too many people don't realize that you can be happier and healthier Mm -hmm. um, regardless of what you're going through um, emotionally.
1: Yeah, Um, absolutely.
0: So this is kind of a off the wall question, but I love asking people this question. um, What, uh, what, what is bringing you joy in this season? Mm. Oh my gosh. I love this question so much. So many things. So
1: number one, like, I remember having a newborn and being like, Oh my God, this is so hard. And I have a toddler and I'm like, ah, (laughs) this is so hard. Right. But the coolest thing ever is this little personality that is just developing in this little Emerson who is so funny. And so just, he's something else. Right. So he brings me so much joy. He makes me laugh all day. He's so cute and funny. Um, and I just, I feel really lucky because I work remotely. So I get to spend that time with him and I haven't missed a beat with him. So I, you know, I, I count my blessings every day for that. Um, that brings me so much joy. I love that it's getting warmer and sunnier out. That brings me a ton of joy <laughs> I'm over the Washington winter. Um, my husband and I are going on our first Valentine's day date in a long time since pre baby. I know. So that brings me a lot of joy. Like there's just a lot of, I feel like a lot of positivity happening these last couple weeks. So um, maybe that's a silly answer, but I, That's just kind of what's bringing me joy right now.
0: You know, I don't think that there's any silliness in whatever brings (laughs) you joy. I think you have to focus on those quote unquote silly things to bring you joy. So it gets you through the hard days. And yeah, I felt that way though. um, When I had my first, I've loved babies since I was a kid, like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And I remember though, getting to that, my favorite age was always like, six to nine months and then I remember Mm -hmm. her kind of getting to that age and that was super fun and at the time I was a nanny so I had it I had two kids to take care of which was awesome and then when she got to like the more walking talking I was like oh this is kind of fun too and then she got to Mm -hmm. two and then two and a half I think two and a half might be my favorite my new favorite sweet spot yeah, because my second is now t- almost two and a half. She'll be two and a half next month. And she's just hilarious. We call her right. our, ray, our ray of sunshine. Oh, um, I
1: love that. Her,
0: her She just has that that personality and that smile that lets up a room. So sweet.
1: Oh, I love that. They are. They're so fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I have to say, I thoroughly enjoy talking with you. I have enjoyed all of your content on your page and your support in the podcast. So thank you again, Kara, so much for joining us. Thank you so much for
1: having me. This was amazing. So fun to talk with you.
0: Same to you again, everyone. This is Kathy Garrett from the Twinkie Chronicles podcast, where two twins are shedding light on the childbearing years. Bye-bye everyone.